my first time having Garrison Bailey. So yeah. I'm, so you're excited. Then? I'm excited because I like Texas. The other Texas we have had, I was pretty excited about because it's like it opens and like the way the Texas climate is, mm-hmm. it gets a lot hotter down there yeah. and then cold in the winter and like the way the barrel breathes, it's just more extreme than Kentucky or yeah. Indiana. That is cool. Yeah. And oh yeah, I think you were talking about that in there how they like almost expanding. Yeah, so I'm excited to check that out. It looks like cool. it's pretty decent. But it was actually one of the store picks from one of the guys that uh, yeah, works locally, at so that works Total out well. Wine, yeah. yeah, like the guy yeah. that one of the people that like a rep from the store will go and select which barrel they mm. like the best out of everything they got going on. That like is the really cool. cool. Metallic wax and the little star stamp. <laughs> yeah, nice little touch. Yep. Yeah. So we I got will. we got Bill and Caleb Cavender here. Yeah. Actually, how's it going, uh, everyone? The drink sponsors for tonight with the Garrison Brothers Single Barrel Cask Strength Texas Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And the location sponsors. That's right. Sitting in their beautiful backyard here. <laughs> in Phoenix, fantastic Arizona. Fantastic fire pit. I'm I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm feeling this one. <laughs> this is, this is going to be a good one. So. Yeah, we're super stoked to have you guys here, honestly. Yeah. It's been a, honestly, kind of like a little dream, even at that, to have some big uh, YouTuber guys, reptile guys at that out here with us. I will say small, medium. Oh, big to <laughs> us. Big to us. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's getting bigger and bigger. This is just the start for you guys. We got a lot of cool stuff going on. Right yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. We're really excited. But, um, yeah, so as Garrett told you guys, we're CNB Reptile. Um, I'm Caleb, and that's my father, Bill. I kind of got my passion for reptiles. I've always liked reptiles pretty much my whole life, but kind of waited till I was – I felt a bit more mature to – take it on myself to have a reptile so waited till I was about 16 17 and I just got a western hog nose I was just been dying there for something go. that's something cool you know fun there's a little scare aspect with the was it any particular venom. morph that you yeah wanted, I really I got you? my I got an anaconda just something about the black belly on them it just so okay. drew me to them but I mean after that the passion just sparked from there I mean as with anyone's I feel like in this reptile hub you get a first few snakes and it's just Super addictive. I went from hognose, and then after my hognose kick, I went to my ball python kick. And then I've been into the more exotic stuff since then, like my green tree python. He was my first jump into the exotic world, and that's my favorite snake by far, my favorite species Green now. tree python for your first jump into, like, really exotic. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Have you had one of those uh, rear fangs from the hognose sink into your skin or anything? No, I haven't, I haven't gotten a bite yet. Obviously, they've mouthed me, but none of them have chewed their way into it <laughs> but um we were all playing over at lee varner's place earlier and <laughs> yeah Costco with that falsy was, he's like oh i got this gnarly false <laughs> water cobra and i was like go ahead brian you, you guys saw me appear yeah apply a little pure pressure <laughs> yeah and he's so, like i'll guess i'll hold it <laughs> yeah lee was like you're gonna die you will surely die <laughs> yeah of course not brian holds it and acted like i mean it, it like peed a little or i don't uh, even know no, if that was pee, it just no. splashed just the water. water from the bowl just pure yeah. snake charm uh, yeah yeah that's it yeah yeah <laughs> So what the heck is up with that? Yeah. I like to think I know what I'm doing sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely like made it look like you knew what you were doing. one of these days I'm going to catch you on camera doing something. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, um, back to that. Uh, after the green tree, I kind of just was researching everyone. I got into the retics, but bigger retics at the time. So I was just watching, you know, Jay's Prehistoric and all the bigger guys who do it. But I brought it upon my dad that we could, you know, start a business out of this and make money off of something that he had a passion for when he was in college. And I feel like my passion kind of ignited his back up again because now we work as a team together and we're, I feel almost unstoppable out in Arizona. Like what we're bringing to the table this year is just really exciting. And I'm just, I I just can't wait any longer to get this up and running. 
Um, That's got to be the dream for you, right, Bill? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. to have your have your kid come in and be like, come on, Dad, let's do this thing that was always your hobby and do this professionally. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun, you know, and uh, we're going to have a good time building some relationships with people. Um, and uh, it's been it's been a heck of a ride. Uh, really, the last four years, we've really gotten into the hobby and um, together, and it's been a couple of years that we thought about opening up this company, and uh, finally it's come to fruitation. So we're really excited about everything upcoming, guys. We've got, uh, uh, we've got a great selection for you. I know that a lot of you guys have been following us on Instagram, and uh, our selection you've been uh, commenting on, and we appreciate all the likes and follows and all that stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's been coming along real good. Yeah. We're real, really excited. We've got a lot more stuff in store for you as well. Well, Garrett, Garrett had a good point earlier about right now. There seems to be a lot of, at least in the forefront, we see, we're seeing and hearing about all this different legislation that's working towards the opposite of what we'd like to see with reptiles, which is banning them or, you know, legislation changing. And as Garrett was saying, like, it's such a great moment where something positive is happening with all that other stuff happening. You got a, a reptile shop opening up a place that's going to be a place where the public can come like, in. Like and super specialty too. Like, I mean, you guys have some of the, like the crusties and things are cool, but, but yeah, we've, we've tried to collect over the last, I would say we're, yeah, well, we've been collecting our own, but for the shop over the last six, eight months, we've been trying to collect everything so we can have a big selection for you guys when we open. Um, we've got uh, black-headed pythons. We've got uh, black-tailed crebos. I'm hoping will be there by the time we open, but if not, they'll be there shortly after. Um, we've got uh, we got some Mexican black king snakes already. Um, uh, we got some Texas indigos. Um, Jeez, some of the hard to find stuff. Yeah, that's what we try to do. We're trying to become more of a specialty shop and a, a place that breeders are going to want to do uh, have us sell their their um, their reptiles. So, yeah. yeah. And Caleb, you were even talking about how how you wanted to be. You're viewing this. So you guys are where this is March 17th. We're going to release this podcast. Correct. Yeah. So you're wearing the right shirt. You're right, right. So you're like weeks away from you know no more than a month, let's say, from uh, opening up this thing in April. Yeah. So you guys are right at the at the end. But yeah. you were talking about brick and mortar. It's a pet shop mm -hmm. to serve the Phoenix area. But at the same time, you were talking about like platform for the community. yeah. So like I love it for the not just for the community for everyone even across the whole country of reptile community for that. Um, so I'm not sure if Garrett's talked about it too much, but at our shop, CNB, we're going to have our own section where we only carry reach-out reptiles, reticulated pythons. Like, we want to kind of, not so much, I guess you could even say a partnership, but um, partner up with even some of the bigger breeders around the country and have CNB almost as a platform where they can help us and we can help them move their product through different states because some of the as Garrett was telling me earlier that he doesn't have his own brick and mortar shop like you're saying people can't come to your house and get your snakes yeah but now that we're opening up people will have a chance to come into C&B and see what Reach Out Reptiles has for sale in Arizona and I think that could benefit a lot of other breeders even local breeders oh it's a great yeah, yeah. it's a great platform I mean so Bill you've been 
buying stuff from me for a while. <laughs> you know what I mean? With the with the superdoors just for right. your own personal stuff. And then, yeah, I mean, you actually reached out to, but well, it was probably six, eight months ago, like you were saying about, hey, man, listen, if there's any way we can partner with you because we want to offer, and, you know, I really appreciate you saying, like, okay, we're top tier for Superdorf, so thank you for that. But just the way that you want to, to promote it and the fact that you're not, you're not flipping a reptile, you're partnering with us to send some of our animals out here and they're documented animals with good bloodline history. You know the breeders. And you guys are basically just pulling all those network strings to make that kind of stuff happen. We're trying. We're trying. Yeah, Garrett, it's a, it's really a pleasure to be able to do business with you. And um, we're so excited. We're going to have a reach-out reptile section at our store, actually, where we're just going to have a full rack of super dwarfs and dwarfs from reach-out. Well, but you were even talking like you've got blackhead pythons, and they're from Jason Hood. Right. Which, like, I've talked to Jason a little bit about his blackheads, mostly just to reach out to, because I don't know him, but I'm like, oh, my gosh, dude. Jason's cool. Your stuff is crazy. Yeah, we got some from his old Swiss line. Yeah. Oh, man. So (laughs) that's what I'm talking about, though, is, like, all this kind of stuff that's, like, you don't get to see that stuff anywhere. So you guys are pulling stuff from all around the country. If it's it's Jason with his black hoods or us with the super dwarves and and all the other stuff that you guys have going on, it's it's really cool to see the way that you're pulling all this stuff together. And then the grand opening, like your ideas for that. Can you tell us about that? Because I don't know. Does anybody, like, really know what's going on yet? Nobody really knows what's going on yet but uh let's announce it now (laughs) (laughs) everything that's going on okay guys so first of all the first 50 people that walk into the store are going to get a free t-shirt and uh just on our grand opening day um we're gonna have uh the first 50 people that come in are gonna get a free t-shirt then we're gonna have 20% 20% off of our already low prices, guys. We're going to try to strive to have the best prices in the Valley for you and the best selection and the animals that are absolutely hard to find. So that's our goal. Um, that's what we're trying to strive towards, basically. Yeah. Caleb, what else is happening on opening day? Okay. So yeah, so I know, Caleb, you've been working together with some Yeah, so uh, getting a few people together here, some quite big names. So as you guys know, we're going to have the the one the only triple B reptiles with us, and then also the one and the only reach out reptiles. So you got the small to medium covered. <laughs> so we got so we got the large to extra large covered, and then after that we're also gonna have Clint's reptiles joining us as well as Dave Kaufman. Like in, in person. In person, they're gonna be the in person at the shop. Peace. Like people are gonna be able to come and see these reptile people at our shop, and. Just that alone, having the, the group of four guys, even these two enough is to make me more than happy. But to have the, those four in the shop at the grand opening is going to be incredible. I think it really will be incredible. It's going to be it's going to be mayhem. There's yeah. Be a lot of laughing. Oh, There's my gosh. Like, somebody might even die. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Somebody we'll have to die. wait and see. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to have 20% off uh, the entire store, as uh, Bill was saying, and as well as we're also going to be giving away a Reach Out Reptiles um, retic. I mean, it's all you got to do. Yeah, all you got to do is walk in, get a ticket, and uh, you're gonna win a snake. Yeah, whatever, right? yeah, we're raffling uh, that off. We're also raffling off a uh, local <laughs> breeder, Chad Tice. He's got a nice boa for us that he uh, let us have that we're going to raffle off at the shop down there, too. So, yeah, no purchase necessary. I mean, just come right in. Come show up. Yeah, show up. Show us some love at C&B, and 
get a snake maybe. Well, yeah, definitely two people will get a snake. That's crazy. No, yeah. I, I love it too because the same thing, like you're saying, like I, I don't know that I've ever seen one of Jason Hood's blackheads in, in person. I might have had a reptile I saw one at Daytona one time. And See, that's I've never been to Daytona. He's a, he's a cool though. guy. Yeah. yeah. No, I know he's a cool Like I said, I've talked to him a little bit, but. <laughs> that would be good. Well, we'll we'll go film some stuff yeah, later. We'll you guys have to check we'll, our we'll, social yeah, we'll media. Check sure. out the vlogs but, and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, so I haven't seen one in person. So it's cool that your your store is like, okay, you can come see the snake in person yeah. or reach out Reptiles Retick or whoever else is at the top tier of whatever niche they're in. And right. you guys are pulling all that together. But at the same time, like how how often do you get to meet Clint? From Clint's Reptiles. I mean, you guys, I mean, you guys are doing it right. To be honest. You guys yeah. are doing it right. Like the energy behind it, the animals you bring in, and the, like the, the way you want to bring in and connect the community more just by the opening of your store. Like mm -hmm. that's it's just doing it right. Am yeah, I wrong? it's a community move. It's yeah. a lot more than a yeah. pet store. That's pretty cool. I'm, and that's, I'm stoked. Yeah, that's kind of how I wanted, not how we wanted to be about this. We didn't want to just be, you know, the next reptile store to open. We want to be someone who you can come with questions about anything. Like, we want to be your guys' friends. Like, we're here to help you guys, not just sell you a snake and get you out the door. We're here to help you with anything you ever need. Like, not just business related. We're here for everything else. Speaking of help and not just business related, you're going to be the first person that we've asked to come up with a, a topic for diving deep in the shower. <laughs> we've never done that. Oh, yeah. Garrett, Garrett always comes up with him. He, him or maybe <laughs> maybe Ashley throws him a bone and like, why don't you guys do this one? But I'm pretty sure. Bradley, nope. uh, Bradley's come up with one or two. Oh, from he has? the past last oh, minute. Okay. I'm like, Bradley, help me out. I need one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Bradley so I get to too. sit back. Yeah, Caleb's Bradley got too. this one covered. Oh, well, you'll be the first person that's actually on the podcast. Cool. To, to Sweet. Well, thank you guys. <laughs> so you guys know how this works. This is one of our segments where we actually, I, I don't know, we just ask a stupid question and see how far we can take yeah, it. Well, you don't know if it's going to be stupid. He came stupid, up with a question. It's not anything. yours. It's something it, to talk about. Caleb's a smart guy. I expect, <laughs> I expect a smart question. <laughs> but so yeah. What do you have for us? Okay. Well, yeah. Let me, let me just end with, uh, I want to thank you guys again for having us on the podcast. It's literally almost a dream coming true to us, really in the flesh to have such, you know, role models to us here and even in our backyard at that. Uh, shooting a podcast, hanging out with us. So we just really want to thank you guys for coming out here and checking us what, out. This is what it's all about for us. Is like just what's a way that we can kind of rap with some cool people about some reptile stuff and travel around a little bit. So, no, it really us. This should be thanking you for doing the location Absolutely. sponsorship <laughs> and having us out here. And oh, like no, seriously. It's yeah. our pleasure. having such a cool spot. I mean, we, you know, it's great the podcast is, is yeah, audio, but the, the video portion, if you're not catching it on YouTube, I mean, it's, it's yeah, this is this is definitely fun. Cool digs. But yeah, so yeah, back to yeah, like again. Hopefully, we're going to be opening April uh, 9th is our date. We're really shooting for there. If not, I mean, we'll you'll, we'll be keeping up to date Where on can the Instagram. They follow you on social media. So yeah, we're sure on um, we're on Facebook at CNB Reptile, and on Instagram we are CNB dot Reptile. So it's C and then the letter N. C the and letter then B, N B. Yep. As in Caleb and Bill. Yep, as in Caleb and Bill. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, now on to the. What did you call diving it? The, deep diving in the deep end. in the shallow end. Okay, yeah. So don't break your neck. Yeah. No we don't want to go paraplegic. But, you know, just do one of those shallow dives. So I thought uh, something cool that we could talk about would be, especially with this time around, is what do we see as nostalgic within the next half a century? Ooh, that's a, I like that. Yeah. What's going to be nostalgic? So I'm yeah. all excited because my questions are a lot. <laughs> so what's the what's the new classics that's coming out now? Huh? Tangible, 
tangible things. Yeah. I think it's going to be anything tangible. Anything yeah. tangible. Like anything virtual tangible. reality is coming in, is coming in hard. I swear. I think that just like tangible, like a glass. I mean, it seems ridiculous to think about now, but think about how ridiculous like yeah, everyone's a drinking all their whiskey virtually now. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I can taste it even better. I get the perfect sip every time if I have these little like sensors on my tongue and I pick up the grass yeah. virtually. Like, I honestly think that tangible things are going to be, I hope not. But it seems the way things are going that it's highly possible that that could be where it goes. Is that just having something tangible, like just being able to w- do something in reality? And I hope that I'm just, I hope that this is like a, a doomsday mindset that I've got that's not coming. And I'm going to be wrong that tangible things are not going to be something nostalgic in the future. Yeah. But we're talking about how rapidly technology has been changing. You mm-hmm. said 50 years, right? Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. That's a long time. And today, yeah, I mean, think back 50 years and the difference. That's For pretty real. crazy. Yeah, what do we think of now as nostalgic that yeah. was normal back then? What do you <laughs> What do you think is going to be? What's what classic today think? that's going to be nostalgic? Hmm. What do I think that'll be classic? That's classic today that'll be nostalgic. I could honestly see... It's kind of going to sound weird, but uh, you know how those girls are always uh, collecting those uh, Starbucks-like different cups the different colored cups okay i feel like there's going to be like a whole nostalgic collector's scene around that and i feel like it's going to almost be like a vintage collector's item at that point these limited edition starbucks cups but sure there's people that do that with like coca-cola products yeah now. Yeah. yeah even uh what's it called uh, the aluminum lunch boxes i know those are big people collecting those it's but, interesting to think about what business, like what if Starbucks isn't here in 50 years? Now? Right. Does anyone remember what Starbucks used to taste like? <laughs> it used to be on every corner in America. <laughs> I still have mugs from there. They grew the beans on actual bushes. <laughs> <laughs> from scratch. From the dirt. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Bill? Do you have anything? Yeah, let's what do you think? Say about what will be nostalgic. I think gasoline automobiles yeah. are going to be nostalgic in the 50 years for that's sure. That's almost a guarantee at the rate. I, I think that's going to be They're real almost close. Nostalgic They're almost nostalgic now. now yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have a Tesla, and it's uh, it's just next level. It's I can only describe it as driving a cell phone. It's just that next level, and the way that it it accelerates is like nothing I've ever owned, even from any gas-powered car I've had. A cell phone jet on wheels. Yeah, exactly, man. Okay, so I was actually thinking the same thing, but it was I wasn't going to say the the com- internal combustion. What I was thinking is driving itself. So does your Tesla self-drive? Do you have the self-driving on yours? No, we don't have that option. Okay, but, so they have that now, right? Yes. Where it's just as easy as plugging in your GPS and your car takes you there. Yes. Definitely that is, is something that all of these car companies are pushing hard. Right. Because even the guys that are like not up to Tesla on battery technology or whatever, they all have their little self-driving, self-parking, self this, mm-hmm. self that. So I was driving around and, you know, we, we have a rental car this weekend. So I'm driving around and I'm, you know, it's, it's like a little mini test drive mm-hmm. of whatever kind of car you pick up at the rental lot. Like, oh, how's this? And I like this about it and I don't like that. Right. But, but I think what's going to be nostalgia is just the thought of like what seems simple and we take for granted today, sitting down in the car. You know what I mean? And driving yourself. It'll almost be like today, it's like driving a stick. Like, I want to hurry up and go buy one of the last vehicles that's going to have a manual transmission. Right. Because you're not going to be able to anymore. Right. And it's nostalgic to me. My first car was a stick shift. So it's like when I drive one, I'm like, I love this. I, I feel much more in tune with my vehicle. I think, like, actually just putting your hands on a wheel and driving it. 
yeah. 50 years might be the thing. Yes. Yeah, I think you're right. They might be less than that. <laughs> yeah. And it's something that, like, basically everybody does. You know what I mean? Like, almost every adult in America has a driver's license. Mm-hmm. And in 50 years from now, I think, like, it could be a very Aiden. small... What's up? I said Aiden. Aiden. <laughs> I said every adult. You know, he'll become an adult when he's good and ready. <laughs> um, but no, what you know, like, I wonder if it's going to be a small part part of the population that's like well, back in my day we had to drive our own cars and figure out how to do lane shifts Uphill and all that both ways in yeah. the snow. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I drive my car both ways in the snow. It's it's March. We're in Phoenix now, but I get to go home and do that. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, guys, we've got, uh, we've got some chores we got to get to, uh, we got to cut out of this podcast, but want to thank you both for having us. We really appreciate it. Um, hope you enjoy Phoenix. Um, anything that we can do, we'll gladly abide by it. Um, so we're going to go do some things and, and, uh, carry on. Cool. Thanks, Bill. All right. Thanks Thanks for coming on, guys. I I really appreciate that. So. You guys have a good one. Yeah, you as well. Oh, we got to go check out the rest of the... I got to go see those Jason Hood blackhead pythons now. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's finish up here. You know? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so I warmed up on the on the Eagle Rare, which was, by the way, this was a recommendation from the Searchable as Reptiles Facebook page. Remember that, remember that time I was like, hey, I don't have a drink sponsor. Who wants to do it? And everybody pitched in. Um, I'm trying. Oh, to that remember. was one of the suggestions at that time. Yeah, yeah there were several yeah. people that chipped oh, in. I want to ah. say it was uh, Corey Martin and Chris. Oh, well, I don't God. remember. There was a several and people that I know. Far. Yeah, it, it was wasn't. a while back. They were on there. I'm trying to remember who exactly was it. Was it David? I'm trying to remember who recommended their Eagle Rare. But ever since that point, I've been trying to find it and I can't. Every every place I've gone into, I'm like, hey, yeah, you guys have any Eagle Rare? Anything Eagle Rare? And uh, the the universal response has been, no, no, I wish we did. That's my favorite bourbon. <laughs> Something I've learned is that, yeah, Eagle Rare is rare in some places. In, <laughs> no in California, we got it all over the place. Really? For, for, for they always say they can't order. They're like, we can't even order it. Everybody sucks it up too fast. So it, it works different in different states. I mean, thankfully, we got a, even a, a store pick right here which is, you know, the, the owner of the store actually goes and tastes some different barrels and selects which one they like the best. And they had picked two, and this was the best of the two that they picked that they liked the best best. So it's fantastic. It's the best best pick. But I'm excited to try this Garrison Brothers right here, not just because uh, you have a kid named that, but also because it's Texas whiskey, as we mentioned. It's barrel strength, cask strength, 120.4 proof. And, I'm, and this is also a store pick. The people at the local store here, they picked this out. Whoever it's, the it's best, best. It's the best of the best, and woo, and it sounded nice too when I popped it open. The so coincidences like, abound. I think it was. Me. Thank you. Yeah, no, the fact that you said I was, I wanted to call Brian. I told him this when we got here. I, I've been wanting to call him and say, hey, listen, I have a personal request, and usually I leave this stuff up to you. I'm like, whatever, I'll show up, I'll, I'll have a drink, and we'll do a podcast. But because it's been so hard to find this stuff, I was like, I know Brian will know how to get this stuff, so can you bring some Eagle Rare? And and I just I kept forgetting to call him until it was to the point where I felt like, oh, that's too last minute to put that on him. So I just left it. And then you showed up, and you're like, check it out, I got some Eagle Rare. And I was like, <laughs> what? Serendipity. Yeah, and now we have the Garrison stuff, which my oldest son's name is Garrison. And it didn't, it didn't stop there, dude. We, we landed, and... Some of your line of, of reticulated pythons were 
happened to be at oh, Lee's. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, so we went over to Lee Warner, and he's having his first clutch of snakes ever, right? And uh, and they are super dwarf reticulated pythons, from one of mine bred to one of Richard Bilbo's, which we always jokingly yeah, and call. And they're hatching the that. day that you're here. The that's... day, yeah, we're here for two days. And you're like, guess what? My first clutch ever. Yeah, so I got to go watch my grandbaby snakes hatch here in Phoenix, which was pretty sick. And dude. Those things were freaking cute. If you guys don't follow Lee Varner, you need to go do that. I, I was like putting my little pinky finger next to those baby, like the golden child, that one golden child especially. Is it Ur- Urban Heart Exotics? Is that, that correct? Urban Heart Exotics? I put my, 99% I put my stick in the car. I can't remember all of our fake names. Okay. Well, I'm going to go. I'm, his name is Lee Varner behind the mask. Yeah, but he I'm, turns his superhero name. I'm sticking with Urban Heart Exotics. That's where... That's what that's it, what it is. It's something hard exotic. It's urban, <laughs> urban heart. I'm sorry, Lee. <laughs> I've failed you. <laughs> Anyways, your su- your your super dwarf golden child was ridiculously cute. That little puggy nose and everything was awesome. So, oh, this you know I'll tell you what's cool about being back in Phoenix. So I grew up in Southern California. That's not exactly Phoenix. This smells like Texas whiskey. Does it? Is that that corn that that food oh, grade yeah, corn? It totally does. Yeah. This is. That's funny. Yeah, it almost smells like a steakhouse. <laughs> mm. That's not too shabby right there. Um, but yeah, coming, coming, growing up in Southern California and then moving to Pennsylvania, you don't think there's going to be like a huge difference, but it's funny the little things you, like, it was so fun for me just flying in and landing in the desert and noticing things like, look, all the little lights along the street are in straight lines. That doesn't happen in the Allegheny Mountains, that's for sure. I had never stopped in phoenix and actually got out of the plane and i've had layovers here i remember flying over the grand canyon several times and like oh look there it is and then like flying through cool lightning storms here is also really cool like when there's monsoon season you watch it from the plane that's epic but to actually get out especially this time of year i think like i don't think i'd want to be here in august necessarily when it's like 120 you can cook mm-hmm. your eggs on the sidewalk i don't think yeah. i'd enjoy that at all yeah but the fact that it's like early March or mid-March, and we had a nice mid-80s day today. Yeah, and we're sitting here now Outside. tonight as the sun is going down, and we got a little fire right here in front of us. So. Yeah, it's nice. I almost the, feel... The Cavenders hooked it up for us they this did. week, big, big time. Hard. So, yeah, you you guys that are fans of the channel, do us a favor and go go shout them out and say thanks for sponsoring Searchable as Reptiles, because that's a, that's a big deal. And their shop is... I just like the philosophy of those guys. I like how they're doing it. Yeah. I, you know, that's what's kind of cool is that you know, there it's not something that they fell into or evolved into as they were chasing the money of what they did. They're like, you know what would be really fun as a father-son thing to come open up? You know what we would do with our lives if we had the freedom to do it? We would do this. So that's a that's a cool starting point if you ask me. It is. It is really cool. I'm also I'm also kinda I mean, I I loved having them here and I'm stoked to have you. It's been a while since you and I just sat down on a podcast. We've, we started having guests. And once we started having guests, we haven't done what we originally did to start this podcast. It was just the two of us sitting out, hanging, talking about just whatever and and letting it blossom into wherever it goes. And being that I'm such a, I'm such a like speak when spoken to type of person a lot of the time. And I don't really like if somebody else is talking, I don't, I'm not as good at cutting them off as you are. And <laughs> <laughs> I like that you consider that a skill. Most people wouldn't think consider that. <laughs> well, no, it definitely, it definitely perturbed me at, at many points. Like it, it was a, a point of frustration, but then, and then even like, I, I love that you brought up the super dwarf thing. Cause it, 
so many times I'm like, well, we're not here to talk about super dwarfs. But you put it into perfect perspective when you're like, well, it's just that's just me. I'm not like trying to say. And I realize that about you even more. You're talking more. about last night. We had a good conversation. Last night we had a great conversation. Yeah, yeah. and and it's uh and I'm I'm really you know as much as some things had frustrated me with like as far as not there. <sighs> I, I definitely there was many moments of frustration where I was like, damn it, D- Gary doesn't care about what I have to say um, enough to let me like finish a couple sentences. And then but that would that would come and go. And then I realized more and more it's it's more my shortcomings. That it's not I can't blame you for me not talking enough. That's that's me. I need to speak if I feel like I really need to say something. I just need to learn. It. It's OK to cut you off. <laughs> well, <Thank> you. <laughs> so so when we were first at Tinley and I and I appreciate that you were frustrated and you realized that your frustration was not with what was artificial about me, but is an inner core part of who I am that frustrates you. So <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we got to that point. But uh, no, I mean, when we were first talking about this, it was at the Tinley Park house where, where I had the house and Dave had Kaufman had arranged a bunch of YouTubers and pet tubers to come over and have a party at my house. And, uh, and so you and me were just kind of sitting off to the side and everyone's talking shop, right? Everyone's talking about reptiles. And we're like, you know what? We should do something like for us. It really is for me and for you to, to just kind of blow off some steam and, and have an off topic podcast. And uh, <clears throat> one of the things that I've always loved, and I know you're, you feel the same way about our conversations, is that b- both of you and I can go from left to right really quick or shallow to deep. You know, that's why we joke around with the segment, like diving deep in the shallow end and stuff like that, that we have some, some pretty hilarious conversation. Like well, last night we were up till I don't know what time, not too late because we've been traveling a lot, but. It was what one o'clock in the morning. It was, it was probably about four thirty your time or so, or three thirty your time. Very late my time. Out, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, you get to that point, and and then the conversations just kind of run wild. Well, we've never from the moment we've met, there was there's never been any trying. There there, there never felt like there was any kind of like putting no, on a show. Yeah, there was no effort. It was just like raw, just real. Like I felt instantly comfortable around you. I could just like say whatever the hell I wanted, and not even worry about if you're gonna judge me or anything like that i always just oh i like, do though well do. yeah just but, so you know well somehow you got this skill where it make me feel like i'm not being judged i can say yes. whatever i want you're like you're okay ryan you're just, you're okay just the way you are and that's, <laughs> that's the way, and that's why i started kind of feeling bad i was like yeah well you're you need to shut up and stop talking about super dwarves so much but, so I, but I realized that's my problem not your problem anymore which is good it's 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 a relief because there's times you know when I, especially like i you get to sit and you know talk and then I go back and I, I edit it and I put in a little bit more of the work which is fine which is fine like um but there were definitely times like well I'm putting in extra effort here you're just sitting there talking all over me and I don't care but then I, then like again I came back and had my own personal revelation I was like that's not Garrett's fault that's just Garrett why should I why should I blame Garrett for being Garrett I should be untalented and having <laughs> nothing to offer <laughs> that's not true it's <laughs> well, not true well here's here's what I realized and I, I, we, we did talk about this last night, too. I, I said, you know what? You need to be able to interrupt me. But the other thing about it is I just need to be less afraid of silence. And, and I'm not like that in real life as much, which I think is why we have those conversations in real life. But then you put the microphone on and you put the camera on and we're not trying and I'm not acting. And certainly everything we, you and I say is very authentic and, and real as much as we can. Both of us attempt to do that. But at the same time, I feel like, you know what, somebody's driving in their car. True. I mean, it's different than if just being in person and just doing our regular thing. We're, you, there's somebody listening. If you just sit there for with dead silence and nothingness for an extent, you know, even let's like. Let's try it. Let's count, try it. Count of five. Ready? 
See, but I can go longer. That's the thing. So you're right. I could, I well, could do another five. Well, that's because you usually go a half an hour between saying things on this podcast. <laughs> that's, um, that's something new for me. Yeah. No, but that's so. All right. So tonight, folks, we don't have any guests, which here's what's cool about it. When we have guests, we bring all these rich new perspectives. And I, I love the. Our last episode was with the guys from Reptile Talk. That was probably one of my favorite episodes. I loved hanging with those guys, and, you know, with Rob and Jeremy and, and just rapping about stuff. And that's just a couple of guys that are as real as it gets and all those things. However, because it, it's reptile community-based guests that we've been having, we end up talking shop. So, so we've gotten a little bit away from our first love, if you will, right? And uh, so tonight, be, be prepared for a little bit of five-second silences here and there as, as me and Brian just reflect and reminisce and i don't know we, you know these guys brought us all the way out from you from west coast me from east coast to hang here in phoenix arizona and oh my gosh it's so beautiful in the desert tonight you it know, is gorgeous the sun is going down I'm, I'm curious like how long we're gonna be able to pick up actual image on the video over well, there you know what's gonna be nice is like i actually turn on like little fireside uh youtube videos you know like the eight hours of 4k fire burning. the yule log <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I like like the the mountainside campfire thing, and I I have all these Macs around the shop, and so I uh, there you go. Now you yeah, have better lighting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I turn that stuff on just for the ambience. So enjoy the ambience, guys. And and I don't know. I I think we should just have a Garrett and Brian podcast about Garrett and Brian talking about the stuff we care about. Well. I care a lot about a lot of things. And then I have those moments where I'm like, I don't care about anything except for what I'm doing right now, right here. And finding the balance between those two different personalities within myself is like, that's something I'm constantly doing, not consciously, but it's just is what happens. I historically have a hard time caring enough. I think I, I think I just miss things. You, know, you say that, and you may you may have that in your personality as well, but you're one of those people that actually does really care I, about I, a lot of things and a lot of people, and, and not just saying that you care. It's the opposite. You don't say that you care about stuff, but your actions prove that you do through the things you do in the real world with real people. They, they, they shout that you care, your actions. And that's why, that's why we're such good friends, because people can talk. People always talk. People are talking every day. We're talking right now, but... People will talk to me and like say this and Such say this hypocrite. and say that. Yeah. Yeah. Hypocrism. <laughs> Hypocritism. <laughs> Hypocrisy abounds. <There> Hypocrisy <laughs> abounds. But you prove with your actions who you are constantly. Every time we hang out, every time I've seen you do anything, you just prove time and time again, this is who I am. Not because I say this is who I am, because this is what I just did. And I'm doing it and I'm going to continue doing it. And that's who you are. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch, my friend. Um, I think I just relate to the world a little bit differently, you know, cause like, so here's my, my form of caring is not like, Oh honey, you're uncomfortable. Let me put a bandaid on that. You know what I mean? It's cause I'm more like a suck it up. We got stuff to do type of a guy. And I come across as a callous jerk or whatever, which I kind of am. But, um, but I would, I would die for anybody that was standing next to me. <laughs> you know, I really would. I, you know what I mean? I would, I would, I don't even have to know somebody that, you know, like someone's in trouble. Somebody's hurt. Somebody really needs something. Um, I like to think that I'm one of the few people that's actually there. You know, I'm the guy that is helping people move or helping, you know what I mean? That, that well, it's nice that you can recognize it and say it instead of, I don't feel like I care enough. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know how people you know how people don't give a shit about the person next to them? A lot. <laughs> yeah, it's just different. It's just I guess I'm just not politically correct or socially. Good. Cultured. That's why we're friends. Cultured. That's why we're friends. You know what I mean? I just do just do kind of my thing. Yeah, as you should. Speaking of doing your thing, I, I wish that I don't know that you can. Maybe we need to finish like some more Eagle Rare or even this bottle of early times we got sitting over here. It's a bonus side. I don't know what you're talking about, uh, my I'm, friend, but I can. <laughs> I'm talking about the last night. Gary, dude, you went off on this. Oh, I don't think I can. <laughs> this Dr. Seuss-style rant about breeding super dwarves, and it was just like you just kept going. I was like, you, you got the first couple lines, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. That's, that's some Seuss-like style. And then you just kept going, and then you went again, and you just kept rolling, and it just kept coming out. And I was like, wow, <laughs> he's, he's going. Like, how, how can we capture this moment and bring it we forth so for other people? Good moments for we other people. That's capture. what the whole point of the podcast was, was I to take know, those a- moments like that, get them recorded so that other people could then enjoy them just as much as I always enjoy them. And like, this is the stuff that people love because I'm people – I love this. <laughs> I think the closest we came is that one time when we were in your in-laws' garage, and I think I was either I was in the truck bed or you were in the truck were, bed, and you were on the floor. I was on the floor. And, I hung. I hung, hung your microphone, microphones like from the from rafters the rafter by the cord because it was like I can't sit up for this. I'm too tired. I have to lay down. But it's yeah. after the Pomona show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. We went out to sushi with Matt Bernard in, and then yeah, oh, that was good times. Yeah. But that okay. So, Dr. Seuss reptile rant. You might have to start me off because you're quicker on your feet at this. Uh, I'm not, I don't even want to try and force it, dude. It was just something I just had to bring up the fact that it happened. I'll see if I, we can roll into it later. I, I'd like to let everybody just kind of imagine what type of poetry came out of this man's mouth <laughs> while we're he, just rhyming about stupid stuff of the reptile industry. The the, the, these are the thing. moments. These are the moments. These are the people. Like my cousin was one of my best friends growing up. Like we didn't get to see each other all that often because we lived on opposite ends of the state. But it was just like they were just laying laying you know our beds. And just talking, just just going like back and forth, basically until one or the other passed out because they could literally no longer hold on to consciousness, and just the gold that comes out of those. It's like that's it's family to me. It's, it's the real, just the real. It's just so. There's no again from and it's been like that since we first met to beat the dead horse. Like it's just been this non-trying, non-needing to. As much as we both have, and we both definitely have this like. I don't want to say chauvinistic, but we have, we're like, we have moments where we feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm badass. At least I definitely do. I'm like, that's not chauvinistic. That's confidence. Confidence. We, chauvinistic is like almost sexist. Right. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Male chauvinism. I got you. But yeah, there's, there's this confidence level we both have when we're around people. Um, that maybe I don't know how it is for you, but when I'm by myself, it I'm not as confident as I am when I'm around other people. I don't know what that's all about. But often, not that it's a bad thing, like I have these moments by myself where I let my ego kind of fall away and I just like have these questions for the universe or about what I'm doing with myself in life. And those come around when I'm by myself. Well, this is what it is. It's people see a confident person and by confident, you're like, okay, let's take charge. We can do this. We can make this happen, you know, and we throw ourselves into stuff and they think that that person doesn't have any self-doubt and that's how they're able to do it. But that's that's not the way it is. When you, you what you're describing as when you're by yourself, I would say is what's inside of my head is I don't know if this is gonna work. I don't like okay, so 
you know, when I started Reach Out Reptiles, my wife was pregnant with our fourth kid. And for me to leave my work means leaving our health insurance in the middle of a pregnancy to, to do something that I don't even know if I can do it. You know, and I mean, I have plenty of experience working with reptiles, but yeah, in the beginning, and I'm really only starting to turn this corner now, it was kind of the grand experiment. Like, can I actually pay for this? Can, am I good enough to make things and, and bring stuff from my heart or my vision or my dream with my animals and communicate to people effectively their value to the point that it can monetarily support me plus my wife plus four kids because my wife doesn't work. So it's just me doing this. And it was always the grand experiment. It was like, it wasn't living paycheck to paycheck, but it was like every paycheck. I'm like, okay, is this going to work? Is this going to work? And, and so my bit about confidence is that I think what people don't realize about confident people is that they sometimes need more encouragement and emotional support than a lot of other people because they are leading the charge. They are expected to lead the charge. People see that and they're like, oh, yeah, Garrett, you're Garrett Hartle. You, you know, you can just do that because you're Garrett Hartle. I hate that because it's a cop out for everybody else. Well, I don't know. I've been in like leadership positions where people are like, well, I can't be you. Only you do that. You know, when I try that's, to tell that's stories. True. That's true, though. You, I know, nobody but else I try can to be tell you. stories you, where it's like, you look that. at what happened. If I can do this, you can do this. And they're like, I'm no Garrett Hartle. And it's like, because you said that, that's why you're not. But you, I but think it's you Henry have Ford to, yeah. that said, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. Yes. Well, whether and he said it or not, that's true. Yeah. And then if you guys watch my Talk Em Up Tuesdays, I had my dad on there. And we talked about what, what is it that makes Hartles Hartles and why does that work? And my dad said it perfectly. And I'd never heard it put this way. But he goes, you know what? I think we're just stupid enough to believe in ourselves. And one of my fans actually made a shirt that said reach out reptiles and like on the bottom where it normally says bridge between worlds, it says stupid enough to believe, you know. <laughs> um, There's it, a lot of truth to that. Sometimes you just got to go for it. Like it might be a, a dumb idea on paper, but if you got the energy and the heart behind it, then you can burn that paper and, and light your way. Look at Bill Cavender was just talking about Tesla's. Think about Elon Musk. You know what I mean? And he's like, I'm going to make electric cars. And before he did anything with electric cars, everyone thought of those as just golf carts. You know what I mean? Like weak, lame, never going to, you'll never be able to have any advantages over the internal combustion engine. And now look at him. We all just agreed. Yep. It's inevitable. Electrification is the future because like he said, it's, and, and obviously, I mean, Nobody here can see it, but we pulled up to Bill's place, and he's got all kinds of internal combustion toys out there. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? On-road, off-road, and everything in between. But he's driving a Tesla, and he's like, it's like unlike anything I've ever owned before. Right. And everyone said that was a stupid idea. You know? And for years, it was like, I remember watching Tesla even in the early days, and they would always fall short of their financial expectations, and he would just get excited and drum up financial support from people who believed in what he was doing. And that carried him through long enough for him to prove everybody wrong. My dad has said that for as long as I can remember. He's like, well, you know, if you, there's so many people that, and to his credit, I mean, he, he did the same thing. He, he liked what he did, don't get me wrong. Like a lot of stuff he, he had a certain kind of life for it, but at the same time he was doing his job for money. 
Like that was what was your dad's job? He did computer programming. Yeah, yeah well, it wasn't, and he even got worked in with the school district office because he wanted to be working closer in with with kids and education. But it was still ended up being like computer programming, running mm-hmm. more of that stuff, not so much having an impact on the kids' lives um, directly. But and he always said that. he's like, you know, so many people get caught up in just doing something so they can pay their bills, so they can be financially stable and be able to afford to pay their rent, and they just get caught up in that being the reason for doing anything like this is I need to get a job so that I can pay for this and have food and all those things that you need to live in a modern day world that we live in here today that we're surrounded by that we know you know other than living in the jungle which I always keep in the back of my mind like we could go live in the jungle and I'll be okay I always keep that in the back there I'm like we just (laughs) peace out to some jungle join up with the tribe and just pay respects and it's funny you say that because I have the same thing it's like yeah even if we utterly fail we'll just and it could even just be like we'll just move in with your parents babe or whatever <laughs> but but the idea is like you have to be willing to, to risk it all so so here's the thing and sorry to finish the yeah. to finish the thought was that when you do find what it is that you truly enjoy doing and you're not doing it because you hope hope that the main goal is not to make the money it's to do what you enjoy doing and just mm. because you love doing it and that's what you want to put your time and short life energy that you have into and spend it doing the money will come. People will recognize that yeah, so, and that will come. All right. So here's the thing. And I love that we have like CMB reptiles as a case study. So I don't have to use reach out reptiles as a case study and feel like I'm talking about myself all the time. CMB reptiles, clearly father, son team doing what they dream, doing what they love, you know, pulling together network connections with good animals, good product. You know what I mean? Like er- everything they want to do, they want to do what's right. Okay. Just like we said, Elon Musk, so, survived the early years because he had financial supporters of the dream even before it made sense before they had the financial statements nowadays like boy you try to go buy uh, tesla stock and you're like holy crap is this stuff expensive but the people that bought it when it was cheap they're the ones that made the money and they're the ones that actually supported it as a dream not knowing if they would make the money or not you know what i'm saying so where is that in our world whether you're like you're a youtuber or i uh, you got your hat in so many different races but so you will call you a youtuber for the context you're a youtuber i'm a reptile breeder you know if if people want you to be able to be passionate about bringing the content that you bring and being like you know fully authentic and trying to help people every step of the way or they like what we're doing with the dwarf and the super dwarf reptiles kind of creating and, and bringing appreciation to this niche species um, in a way that nobody has fully appreciated before. If if people listening want the Brian Cuscos and the Garrett Hartles and the spearhead of the charge of what we actually care about in the world pushing, and I'm not saying everyone does because maybe they don't care about it, but if they want to support us, they've got to bring the finances. That way we don't have to worry about it. Because if I don't have to worry, I'll tell you this, I'm not trying to get rich. I know you're not trying to get rich either. But if I don't have to worry about paying the bills, and I don't have to worry about that, and you don't have to worry about paying the bills anymore, it frees us up to be exactly what we want to be. And this would sound very cocky, except that I'm not talking about us right now. That's what the world needs. The world needs every person out there to be, to be what they're passionate about. 
in some way. And I, for the record, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a, a computer programmer or working in a box factory. Not at all. But that's just your job. Your passion may lie elsewhere. Your passion might lie with your family after you get home from work, and that's what really counts for you. But the trick is, like, the finances have to be there because if you can't eat and you can't pay the bills and you can't keep the clothes on your back, you can't be passionate about anything else because you're desperate. And some of that might be working at something that you don't necessarily enjoy doing 100% to get there. Like, I, I, I need these finances to get to where I am, to where I need to be to make this thing happen that I want to happen. And he's got to dig in hard and, and work it, even when you're doing something you really love. I mean, you don't, you don't love scraping up snake poop. You don't, mm. you don't love having to, you know, see a, a, a baby come out deformed from an egg. You don't like, you don't love a lot of things that come with doing what you love. A lot of things that you have to do the because you the hard stuff. side of stuff. There's that's always there no matter what you're doing. Mm. And, and it's and that, and maybe working a job that you don't necessarily want to work for a while is one of them or, you know, for a long while it's possible. I've, I've done it. And I, I think people are just too used to seeing the highlight reel, but I remember like in the early days of the Brian Cusco vlog, it might've even been on, I think it was actually prior vlog. It was like triple B TV where you would be mowing a steep hillside. That was towards the beginning of the vlog, actual vlog. Yeah. That was your vlog. You're mowing the grass for somebody or you were building a railing. You know what I'm saying? And your vlog was about you doing the proverbial snake poop scraping, you know? And, and people see us, like, you know, obviously we're, we're going to post when we have a uh, a clutch hatching. That's super fun. Or like here in Phoenix and Lee Varner's hatching his first super dwarves, you know? Or or uh, Bill and Caleb are opening up a, a sick reptile shop. And we're here to, you know? And everyone's like, oh, I want to be that. But that's, how much poop did I scrape? That's how why many I tried lawns to did you that. mow? That's why I try to include that stuff. Like, that. it's work. Yeah, I'm working here. There's this pain here. This part sucks. And then I try to include that as much as I include this is awesome. Just to give some balance so that, so that I mean, because it's real. And I just, I, I care to share everything to put everything in perspective like yeah there's these awesome moments yeah we're hashing out these great snakes yeah we're we're able to sell them for for this much and support this much of what we're doing over here but what's the percentage of the high versus the lows you know what i'm saying like that's a good question in the beginning it's all lows with, <laughs> I mean, a, with a dream of a high <laughs> sure you know what i'm saying and yeah. then and then when you get that first taste like i'm sure lee is doing it today like he was saying, oh, my God, I can't. we're playing with his puppies. He has got those Frenchies. And he's like, oh, I can't believe Garrett Hartle and Fred Cusker in my house right now. And I was like, come on, dude. Like, whatever. You're awesome. I would have come hung out with you anyway just because you're a cool guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, anyway, but but he's hatching his first retics. That's his, like, first, like, you know, I mean, I'm sure he's glowing when he's talking to his wife being like, this is it, babe. I can see us making it now. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is so cool. And that's why I love, I love seeing him because there's a lot of, I took a phone call. that was pretty hard to take earlier today when you were on the phone and it's not the end all and we'll survive and we can go live in the jungle if we need to or whatever. But, <laughs> but it's just, it wasn't an easy yes. And it wasn't an automatic open door, you know? So, so I love, and I am encouraged by, and this is why I love to help and support people like Lee Warner by mentioning him a million times on our podcast or wherever else. So they hopefully can sell these awesome super doors that he has because I love seeing him have that taste of success. Like I hope he sells them all for a million dollars and everyone talks that these are the best snakes ever in the world because I don't view him as my competition by any means, but like the fact that he 
invited us over to be a part of what was happening in his life that made him exciting, that refueled me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Bill and Caleb have invited us out, and we're sitting in these guys' backyard right now. Totals, like, I've never met them before. Have you? Not uh, face-to-face. No, no, no. Yeah, so you get some strangers with some microphones in your backyard burning up all your propane and <laughs> drinking your bourbon. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, the fact that these guys are so excited and they're like, we can almost taste it. It's going to be so cool. And they're, they're very much in the throes of the hard work right now. Yeah. Yeah, waiting for There's nothing worse than having to wait for just this one guy that has a piece of paper that's like, I'm going to come sign off and you guys can go ahead and fulfill your dream. As soon as I decide to show up when yeah. I say that I'm going to show up, you know, that, uh, that's got to be. Well, it's funny because you're, you're, what you're talking about is like the, the code enforcement guy. For yeah, them the inspector or to come in and sign off and be like, you're good to go. Put up this right. little half wall that, you know, it and doesn't. It's, <laughs> and it's the, but it's the exact same thing. The phone call I was talking about with you is like the, that financing phone call to buy a new facility for me. Like, yeah, yeah, they said everything was good. And then they make the call and they're like, ah, we're not going to do it. And it's like, <sighs> I've got it. By the way, if you want to use that conversation, I've got it all recorded on video and I'll, I'll mm. say <laughs> yeah, That's right. You, yeah, a guy answered on this personal, well, not personal, but professional call on, on camera. Well, half the time the mic is pointed at the windshield because I'm filming the road driving by, but, but it's probably in there. Yeah. <laughs> Put it in a can somewhere for me so that when we're rich and famous. And when you're in your new facility, you can play that back. And you're like, yeah, this, remember like, this moment when I yeah. thought it was all getting shattered right in front uh, of my eyes? You know what? That is cool about, like, it. people who don't have a podcast or a vlog or, you know, this isn't easy. It's not easy to come up with content and be consistent with it. Nope. It's a discipline, and so it does become easier in time, but it, the same as, like, working out becomes easier in time. It's very hard to break into, and it, and it's it's really difficult. But I'll tell you what, yeah, hang on to that, because the cool thing about doing this is that... You've documented. You, you document moments. what was stressful and hard for you at the time. Like, okay, what what's the date today? It's March 17th that we're releasing this podcast, right? right. All right, so... What was I, which is only a couple days away in reality, but um, what was I stressed out about in March 17th of 2020? And I'll tell you what, I'm over it now. It was, you know what it was? I can tell you what it was, which is actually kind of rare. It was Tinley got canceled. Hmm. And I dumped a ton of money into that. I was going to show up bigger than I ever had before. And then it just didn't happen. Right literally brought like a caravan of three vehicles and that that 24 foot moving truck full of stuff for that show yeah i had yeah. fifteen thousand dollars worth of swag alone with the new rebrand that was the big important thing back then but my point is like that was a hard time that was what i was stressful about back then and now i'm not it's over it's done and so i, I think it's good to look back because you can think this too shall pass yeah it, sure, especially that's why I guess maybe subconsciously I try to put that stuff as well so that I don't just look back and be like, oh, look, everything was always all good. It's like, no, it wasn't uh, because sometimes the memories just come and come and go. Like I have so many, so many times I stumble across a memory in my mind like, oh, yeah, remember that? But to be able to go back and, and check it out on, on video, like the moments with the, the kids especially, man, that's why I try to include them as much as I can in everything because everybody I've ever met and I've, I've beat this dead horse plenty, but I will beat it until I die. 
every single person I've ever met that's raised children has always had the same story when it comes to, oh, they grew up before we knew so it. So fast. Went Enjoy so fast. No, nope, Not a single person in the history ever has said, ah, it seemed like it just took forever for them to grow up into adults. They're just like, you know, sitting there wiping diaper ass forever, and they just never, ever that's seemed what, to. That's what we say <laughs> in our current situation. No, but I've, I've spent literally every day that I'm with my kids, I try to have a moment, like, remember, like, this is, this is fleeting. Like, this is, this is good. This is potentially the best times in my life are happening right now. And I need to focus on that and know that it's happening right now. And I'm in it living it at the moment. I need to breathe and appreciate this breath that I'm breathing right this second with my kids at this innocent place in their life where they haven't got friends that they want to run away from me for. And, and, and they just, they enjoy spending time with me. Like, I want to play a game with you, daddy. Um, yeah, you, you want some water? I got some water. Um, and that is just, and the fact that, I, cause I was talking about this with my uncle the other day, cause he, he had, you know, he, another one of those classic cases of they grew up so fast and I felt like I missed it. And, and I'm, I, I, I'm curious. I just, I wonder like down the road, am I going to have that same thing where I'm like, I, but I can't, I can't because I've recorded I'm, so much. I'm terrified it. that I will. I can go I'm back. There's already things like, I can go back and I can watch Noah feed his first snake. I can watch Eli feed his first snake. I can watch Leia feed her first snake. I can watch Noah lose his first teeth. I can, all this stuff is there. Like I don't have, like if my memory fails me completely, I can go back and look at these things at any time and be like, oh yeah. Look at you know, look at the, the thing for me is like I, I try so hard because I'm like, man, I want to build a good market for my customers. I want to build good enclosures for my animals. I want to build a beautiful house for my wife. You know, I want to have, you know, a, a lot of cool resources available for my children. And that's what you think about. Those are good things to all, aspire for. All good things. But they'll consume you. And... The, the thing to remember is that without having any of these things, if you can sit down and hold your baby, that's what they need and that's what you need more than anything else in the world. And that is something that I trade all too often to try to help everybody else out all the time. That's tough. I have a lot of people that, well, I mean, you experienced it today with phone calls and stuff that I was getting and people asking me for help when really they should be going to somebody else, you know what I mean? But it's just easier, Garrett will answer, he's more available, whatever the case may be. Um, and and it, you know, it takes away from, like if Garrett needs to have, I haven't taken a vacation since I started Reach Out Reptiles. You probably should do that at some point. I, but to this, be fair, this you're, is working, my vacation. you're working hard to, okay, okay, well you need a family vacation. Oh, big time. Oh, so bad. It's not even, and I don't even know how to do it, but. I mean, I consider you family and this feels like family vacation, but. Well, that's why I consider one. this vacation, but it's like, all right. I mean, we're still working. I've been taking phone calls every time we drive from place to the next this, this whole time. I'm, I'm on a phone call with somebody or catching up or trying to make sure things are running at the shop or, you know what I mean? Trying to support. We're planning for Thomas coming back out again. It's just, there's always something. And it's like. This is two days outside of the shop, which almost makes it harder than being in the shop because I have to run everything remotely and to where that, that vacate. And then when you ask to answer customer things and they're not, it's not, I'm not complaining about customers. They're just like, Hey, when can I expect this? Or what's going on with that? Or can I get an update on this? 
And you're like, but but 150 of those in a day consumes your day. And Garrett doesn't get to be like, hey, check it out. A saguaro cactus. I freaking love those. They were awesome. We saw a quail driving into Bill's house. I love seeing the bones of the cactus, too. That's really cool. It's like, oh, look at cactus bones, plant bones. I just want to go out and, like, walk through the dirt a little bit. Well, let's do that tomorrow. We should. Let's I'm do just, it tomorrow. I'm take take the shoes off. Leave whatever. the phone. Yeah. Take the shoes off. Let's go walk through the desert barefoot. Yeah. Until we step on a rattlesnake. I would love that. <laughs> let's do it. You laugh. I have. No I'm not. La- I'm laughing because we're gonna do it. I'm not I the. No I'm not the. Let's about. talk about do this stuff guy and then not do it. I'm the. Let's. If we're talking about it, like this is what's gonna happen. And if you try to make anything other than what happened, say that, that I'm gonna drag you guys out of the thing just like I made you do push-ups this morning. So, <laughs> so here's the hard thing, like. Bill and Caleb are doing this awesome father-son thing. You got 21-year-old kid and his dad, and his dad is into reptiles in college, and this 21-year-old kid is, like, you know, into reptiles as long as a 21-year-old kid can be. Is that the Eagle Rare? It is. Oh, some more of that. Um, The Garrison stuff is really good, too, but it's a a lot heavier. It is. Um, how, How do you get there? And I'm sure that we could do a whole episode on on Bill and Caleb and them, you know, building this life. And you know, because I know Bill has has built and and sold stuff. You know what I mean? Like built himself his little empires and and moved things around and stuff like that. I'll but, tell you, dude, you're headed there. You're headed. Your your work ethic, your your drive, your passion for what you're doing, your ability to do the right things the right way. And that, you, look at how, how many employees did you have two years ago? Zero. Zero. <laughs> How many employees do you have now? Seven. Okay. How many employees did I have two years ago? Zero. How many employees do I have now? Zero. Are you counting the kids? Because I no. three. No. Oh, come on. They're the best characters They're not on paid. your show. They're not getting paid. Yeah. Well, they, they get supported. Indentured by... servitude. <laughs> I'll raise you till you're 18. My house, my rules. You clean that snake cage. No, I don't. I, I definitely don't force them to come down there and clean a lot. Noah no, took up on his own that he wants to care for his own snake and take care of all the poop and the feedings. With, by his own accord, said, Dad, I want to do this. So I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> um, but you're headed there, dude. I, I promise you, you're headed there. You, you're on the verge of buying this, getting this new facility. I mean, you're, it's not going to be long before the, the guys that you have around, that you treat your employees right, they're going to be around, they're going to want to stay, and they know what they're doing. The, the longer they're there, the more they're going to have the skills to run things and make things happen without you needing to be there to wait on them hand and foot to handle everything that happens to reach out reptiles. So you're, I foresee that you're on your way to having that, to where you can take a vacation with your family for a week and the shop will run without you. That's what I see. I think that it's... I, that's, that's been my goal from the beginning is, was not like, okay, how much money can you make or how many this or how many... You know, there's, there's no... Uh, I don't have any kind of like grand illusion of let's get bigger and better and have continuous growth or whatever. I want to get to the point where I can do the things that I love and that I'm passionate about in life and do those things only. No growth within. Maybe make it so your employees can afford to stay at Reach Out Reptiles. Sure. Yeah. No, that's that's what it takes. Boy, there's a lot of hard steps from here to there. Oh, yeah. And then there's opposition. Oh, yeah. You, you come up and it's, whether it's from wife or from people or oh, yeah. like when you build something, as soon as people can see, whoa, they will come building, <laughs> and they come to tear, tear it down. down. <laughs> they want to be a part of it all of a sudden. It's like, well, where were you when we were building? Why are you like, I mean, if we're talking about the Superdorf market, you know, case study, 
those were not a, a huge money maker 10 years ago, you know, and, and now they're great. It's, it's one of the best little niche markets I can think of in the reptile industry. I mean, you virtually single, I mean, I don't care who thinks what about what, I, from my perspective, from what I've seen, you've done that almost single-handedly now with the help of some employees. Yeah, but honestly, that's like credit side. That's neither here nor there. But the, the interesting thing to me is that once something becomes good, people got to jump in and have something to say about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, Snoop Dogg said it a long time ago. He said, now, this type of, every, now I got my bottle of Seagram's gin. Everybody got their cups, but they ain't chipped in. Now this type of stuff, stuff happens all the time. You got to get yours, but see, I got to get mine. Everything. Anyway, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> Super dwarves from near to far. <laughs> you never know quite where they are. Can you see them at a bar? Can you pick them up in your car from a window on the road with a side of all a mode? <laughs> Kalatoa, there's no extra O. <laughs> That's just something new people know. <laughs> the island's from an unwritten language. I don't have anything to rhyme with I that. was, I obviously know if you're wide-eyed, <laughs> waiting for you to rhyme with language, buddy. I was like, what? the closest thing I could think of is sandwich, and that's just like a stretch. But. Sandwich. <laughs> 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 and they go great on a sandwich. <laughs> I was just waiting. I was like, is he going to try and rhyme with language right now? What is this guy doing? <laughs> Help me out, guys. Go on Searchables Reptiles and give us your Dr. Seuss rhyme little poem. What, what was the, how far you've come, I think, is the book I had in mind as I was sitting there last night. We oh, the things you can think. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Places You'll Go. That's what ah. it is by Dr. Seuss. The Places You'll Go. Pretty funny, you know. It's you know what's great about Dr. Seuss. Is I thought like, we were gonna have a five second silence for a second, just for a second. I thought we did. Of course, you broke it. <laughs> that's, I want to. I want to know the great thing about Dr. Seuss because I'm gonna probably agree. <laughs> now, now you're making me break it. <laughs> well, you know, he started out by just taking a bunch of words and rhyming them, and I think it was "Cat in the Hat" was his original one. But after he got his style defined, like if you go read The Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss, it's like, it. oh my gosh, it's really deep. Like my kids read it and it's something that they can read in first grade, second grade and stuff like that. But it talks about, you know, you're, there's going to be dark places in life and t tons of scary things and you're going to be required to push through and you don't know if you'll make it. And if you guys haven't read that book... Um, it's crazy. I, you know what it's like? It's like Mr. Rogers. You know, there's a lot of great kids shows and stuff over the years. But I don't want to jinx it right now, but we're, we're doing it. What's it's happening? The podcast I always oh, no. wanted to record. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's amazing to me that in first graders' language, Dr. Seuss can address some of the hardest things that a kid will ever have to go through in life. And Mr. Rogers was doing that. I was watching one where... And I can't remember the character, the name, but he was like the friendly neighborhood policeman. And he was this African-American guy, you know, and he shows up at Mr. Rogers doorstep all the time. They're talking about neighbors and all this kind of stuff. And there's one episode where they took off their, I'm going to like cry just talking about it. They took off their shoes and he had a kitty waiting pool. It's so simple. Two chairs and a kitty waiting pool and a guy with a huge 
television audience and public broadcasting. And he sat down, he took off his shoes, and they just put their feet in the water, and they enjoyed this moment together during a time where people had different drinking fountains. Do you know what I'm saying? And he's, it's just like, oh my gosh, he's using a puppet childhood television show. By the way, that's sponsored by the government. You know what I mean? With public broadcasting, in part, to break down racial barriers and freaking change the world. For those of you guys that are discouraged about, like, the reptile industry, just to bring it back to our, our audience of listeners, go look up Fred Rogers' speech to Congress. Mm. Do you I've, know the yeah, video I'm talking about? Of course, absolutely. I've watched the whole thing multiple times. And he just... He sat down and he talked about how important it was because they were going to pull public broadcast funding because they thought it was all like cartoons and if you're if battle. you're watching on YouTube, I'll put a link for it right right down there. We can go click and watch this. It's inspiring. It's amazing. He just sits down and he just talks about how much he loves kids and how much he's afraid for their future and the few like I mean. He was working so hard to claw his way up to be able to bring this positive content that was... Here's the thing about Mr. Rogers. He had these silly things and trolleys and Daniel the Tiger, but they would talk about things like divorce, depression, racism, sexism, physical handicaps. You know what I mean? What to do with staggering loss. Things that us as adults are crushed by. And Mr. Rogers in his little cardigan is teaching six-year-olds this foundation. And you know that public broadcasting is going out to like all the poor children in areas. Oh my I God. Watched, I watched a lot I of Mr. Rogers. I want to be that. I watched a lot of Mr. Rogers. I met Maybe him. That's why I turned I was out like okay. 18 min I was like 18 months old. Wow. I met him. He helped me. My parents have a picture somewhere. <laughs> wow. That explains a lot. He's from <laughs> Pittsburgh. He's from Pittsburgh. Actually, there was a big shooting at a Jewish synagogue a couple years ago, and it was in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. And there are still people today. Where, I mean, you've seen the spirit around Pittsburgh. There's people wearing shirts that are like Pittsburgh strong and all this kind of stuff because someone went up and they shot up a, a Jewish synagogue, and it's just evil and wrong. And, uh, oh, my God, man, how do I be Mr. Rogers? That's what I want. Doing- it's really cool to bring back a new locality, a Superdor, or make a new more for, or have a podcast in Phoenix. Or yeah, whatever, but, but, but while you're doing that, you're you're doing you're doing a part of that, man. You, you're, I mean, you're not Mr. Rogers. Here, here, here to bring it back to like people when people ask you, like, well, I'm not Garrett Hartle. Like, I'm not gonna do be Garrett Hartle. You're not Mr. Rogers. You're Garrett Hartle, but you're doing the best job at Garrett Hartle that I think you can. And I'm as much crap as I like to talk about you because you're my friend, and I will continue to do so. By the way. Um, <laughs> There's something in you that I've always recognized, and that's your, your ability to be the best version of your. Constantly try to be the best version of yourself, and whatever it takes to make try that is better. the key word. Constantly try. fail at attempting to be the best version. Yeah, but of every time you get a little bit better at every it. Every day. Well, that's true. There and you, you always fall short of the mark. But hopefully there's progress. And I'll tell you what, it's weird, but the Lord works in mysterious ways. There is something where Garrett Hartle was created and put on this earth to sell snakes. (laughs) And you think, oh, okay, yeah, some people are Mother Teresa, you know what I mean? Some people help the poor Mr. Rogers reaching out to children and teaching a new generation. 
Well, you, look, would, you wouldn't think selling here. snakes is a thing. Well, I guess today, like for people who are just getting in the industry now, it's one thing. For six-year-old Garrett, it was a very different thing. Like you have always enjoyed nature and snakes, but you didn't. You 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 kind of like just went away from it and came back, right? Because you did your music thing. You did this whole. You had this whole other life. There was no other life for Garrett. Garrett has always been like the weird kid on the side of the playground flipping over things and catching bugs or whatever. I mean, I did that in Hawaii. Playing no, no, I mean, I, like I understand <laughs> that you were always into it. You know what I mean? But there was no, I have tried many other walks in life and I just, when you're made to do something else, you just can't. It was actually my wife. It was never me. I was satisfied working in the box factory as long as it gave me the, you know, the life I wanted. But my wife was like, you clearly, this is your your design. This is the way you were made to be. Well, kudos to her for recognizing that. And she, that's why she's halfway through pregnancy and she just get, kicked me in the ass and was like, you need to do this. I'll tell you what's scary about it. There are so many people who connect with what they're made to be, and they're like, I'm not comparing myself to this in, in any way, but it's a thought that I had when I am really grooving with what what I my purpose in life. Um, there are so many people that once they realize their purpose in life, they die too young. Hmm. Hmm. Well, maybe they... It doesn't matter what it, you can think of, like, anything from James Dean... Well, think about how many people... To Forrest Fanning. ...served their purpose in life by leaving what we consider to be too early. Like, there are so many influential people that are m that much more influential. Well, who's to say? Who's to say they became that much more influential because they passed before what we perceived to be no, what they were here no, to put? No, you're right. That's a big... Bob Marley, big... Jimi Hendrix, Martin Luther King... Yeah. Kennedy... And they and they they put their life on the line while they were living, every moment, breath, and that's what we were talking about in the hotel. When you're like, Garrett, you're always talking about super doors. I'm like, I am super doors. You know what I mean? I I am what I'm doing right now. This is who I am. And they they put their heart and their soul and everything into one thing, like very few people are willing to do. I don't. I and don't. Then do I don't do it. I, the final. I'm all over the, place. the final thing is like Martin Luther King, perfect example, dies for it. Abraham Lincoln, you know what I mean? Dies in the prime, in the height of being exactly what they were meant to be. And it's almost like that, ugh, for the rest of us, maybe that's the motivating thing for us to be like, I saw the potential, I saw they were going. And it's almost like the Olympic, uh, you know, carrying that Olympic flame from one person to the next, and they always keep it burning. If somebody dies while they carry it, and this torch lands at your feet, and it's still burning, and you can see how they were about to reach that next thing to pass it on, you know what I mean, or to light the torch, and that burning torch is now at your feet. And what happens is when people do it spectacularly on a grand scale like that, you have a lot of people standing there and it falls in front of all of their feet. And some of them don't do it. And that's probably the worst thing that, can, that there can be. But the people that do, you multiply the efforts 
And I'll say this, I, you know, Superdors, whatever. That's they're cool. I love snakes, you know, but that's that's not really important in the grand scheme of. There's nothing that I have done that's important in the grand scheme of things when it comes to snakes. But I have to be that that I have to try to be that best version of Garrett Hartle, and if it means I push the guy standing next to me out of the way in front of that moving bus or whatever it is, I just hope there's a Mister Rogers coming behind to pick up the torch for my kids because they're not going to have a dad. <laughs> How do you do that? Like everyone, you know, the Reach Dreams line, Kalatoa stuff, where, I mean, you've heard this. We, we're beating this Kalatoa. <laughs> super deep, then you jump right back onto a super dwarf look. There's no change for me. There's no change for me. <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to shed a tear at the depth and sentiment. And right there I don't know why you think super doors are shallow. They are life. <laughs> Listen, you won't be laughing in a second. I probably won't be, but I just that moment I had to I had to reflect on it because I was like about to like I was just soaking up this like extreme like depth and so raw forest pure. <laughs> what I loved, right? what, oh, I loved what okay, forest, forest was all about, and forest bought this pair of Kalatoas, and he sent them to me, and he's like, "You're the right person to have these. You're going to make this happen." And no, I feel like he died right before the first clutch hatched. They were already laid. I told him, I've got eggs. We're going to do this. We're going to get like a legit line of Kalatoas. And I, I just, you know, the stuff he does with the Abronia, the stuff that he did with the crocodilians, that guy at so young a life did so much for these reptiles. And you know, like I stayed at his house before. I slept on his couch covered in abronias. About 360 degrees around me, little little chameleon cages full of abronias. And that's where his baby Lars was born. You know what I mean? His family was living in a reptile room for him to be able to do what he did. And man, he struggled with it all. You know, but that's what he did. And then... I have these Kalatoas from him, and he he get, he got them because he was like, you know what, Garrett? Because we always gave each other crap, and especially about the yeah, morph. It's because he got them from Dan. He got them from Dan. He wanted, like you were trying to get them from Dan forever, and Forrest walks in. Watch this. Watch this. Let me yeah. show you how you get snakes from somebody. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, but uh, I wanted to make like some really truly legit Kalatoas. You can argue if there's an extra O in there or not because <laughs> whatever it is, but these animals came from that island. Nah, as long as you say Lachistic, we're good. <laughs> and he wanted it to, to resurrect like real deal, like true locality animals, not just like, oh yeah, quote unquote Kalatoas because that's what we call super dwarves or whatever and that's what people know, so it's marking them as that. And... uh yeah, and he died right before they hatched. Well, I mean, then I killed them also in that incubator thing. But, but he died right before the due date of those first Reach Dreams, which was his idea. Stupid ass name. It's so stupid. Yeah, I was like, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Because he's like, no, like Zoo Dreams and Reach Out Reptiles. It's like Reach Dreams together, you and me, man. And I was like, whatever you freaking sap. We do zoo, zoo Out and throw as many O's in there zoo as possible. Out. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> zoo Out. <laughs> Three O's and Zoo. <laughs> zoo Out. <laughs> oh. But when he died, the... The torch dropped in front of me, and I'm not talking about Calatoes anymore. I'm talking about, yeah, one-year-old son he left behind. Fuck that. 
How's Mr. Rogers going to explain that one? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. And so that's why we, we talked about, we talked about, you know, from what I want to do is like keep all the females back and raise them up so that exponentially that project can grow. And 100% of any proceeds are going to go into a trust fund for Lars. I've already talked about this with Desiree. Right. You know, and that we want to do that. They're going to get a pair. I'm going to keep all the females uh, outside of that pair to, to raise up so that it can exponentially grow. And we'll sell some males this year when those things hatch. And that's the plan. You know what I'm talking about, dude? Good, good things. Like, I, like, yeah, it's okay. Like, people like to clap for it. But here's my point. Like, Lars lost his dad. It's I, not enough. I can climb his claw as hard as I can. I can never replace his dad. Garrett, nothing's, There's so much nothing's evil and terrible things happening in the world. Nothing's ever enough, dude. It's, <sighs> never, it's never enough. It's this a constant, is, a, this it's a, is fight. a deep and consuming hole it's a constant of an fight. existence It's a constant fight live. between good and evil, dude. It's a constant fight between light and dark. A constant fight between good and evil. And if I can do this tiny much when I'm alive, but if I have to die doing it to have somebody else pick up the torch it, it, it's numbers of people is what it is it's everybody giving five dollars not one person dying but as it is we love to make a hero of somebody and watch them give their whole life and die and be consumed and they they can't have one day off because everyone has to get a hold of them we we find one shining star and again i'm not talking about myself now like this is gonna sound super conceited or whatever but I'm just, again, like using it as a case study for what we do as a society. We find that person we look up to or whatever, and we, we ask of them, and we ask of them, and we ask of them, like Snoop Dogg, with the, surrounded by people with an empty glass, and he's got a bottle of something that he worked his ass off to get. And we consume from them until they're gone. And that's the depravity of the world that we... I know this is getting a little bit dark, but that's the depravity of the well, world I mean, we live in. Well, to be fair, the, the sky got If really everybody gave five bucks, that person could still be alive today. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, no. that person wouldn't have had to try so hard if everyone else would have been less nah. about how many O's are in Kalatoa nah. and more about let's well, just appreciate what nature has given us. Sure, but some, it goes beyond money. I, I, you lost me with the with the money thing, I think. It... it it goes beyond money. But right? it's, not money. it's not money. It's not money. I said if everybody gave five bucks, and that's, I, where, I, that's well, where I disagree. If everybody just gave five fucks. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. But that's exactly what I meant. It's not about money and five dollars. Who do I give? Okay, Garrett, you made me sad. Who do I give this money to? It's not about give the money. It's about do a little bit. Every every place you go in this life, you should your goal should be to leave it a little bit better than when you got there. Yeah, absolutely. If just, everybody did that, we wouldn't need heroes because we would be them collectively. True, true. How do we get? How do we get people to? How do we inspire change? I don't know. Well, there's change is constantly happening, and it's always there's constantly change. That's the only thing that's constant, really, is that there is always yeah. But human change. Human beings are burdened with the ability to impact their environment. You've seen how it happens in a negative way, but we can also do it in a positive way. So yeah. yes, things change, but we can. Like, what, what other creature jumps on the back of a 2,000-pound horse with a harness in its mouth and uses all of its strength for their will? That's humans. I mean, maybe some properly trained animals or something, but, uh, yeah, we're definitely in a unique position in the animal world because we are animals, but we're very much more unique than, at least we like to think so, and maybe that's what it is. We just have that, just that little, 
flip of the switch in the brain is like, I think I'm special. I think I can do this. I think I can jump on that horse and ride it. I- See, maybe, I know, but I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's so much, I would take it one step deeper. It's not, I think I can do this. It's whether or not you think you can, you know it should. Well, that's more powerful than just thinking you can. It's like, I know I can. But that's what goes back to what you're saying. You think inside your head or when you're alone. It's not confident people thinking, I can do this because I'm a cocky son of a bitch. It's the fact that you know that you should and nobody else is. So you just try. And probably you fail. But hopefully you make a little bit of a positive difference. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Hey, guys. Searchables, reptiles. I think we did it. I think we did. I'm happy. I'm really happy. I'm, I'm also like, I'm, I'm like borderline. Like there's so much, you like little, little fire in me of all these things. Everyone else is thinking, where's the reptiles? I listened to an hour and a half of that. <laughs> I heard if it was you listen, If you listen to what you really needed to hear out of that, you can take it and do whatever you want with reptiles. Whatever your dream is, if you're, if you're hoping to listen to this and, and, make it make you better at keeping reptiles if you listen to this and it didn't make you better at anything that you're trying to do go back and listen again maybe the support we need is this to make the kind of podcast we truly need is the location sponsor maybe that's the difference with a fire pit fire pit if you don't got a fire pit do not need apply (laughs) hey i love you brother love you too man